Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And on this bonus episode, I am uh, interviewing with uh, Jonathan from West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, hey, I, I don't I can't remember the exact count of how many um, paranormal investors I interviewed, but uh, you're the only one that I know so far that's interviewed or investigated a place, a couple of them actually, that I have, well, eventually hopefully go to um that being the uh was it the saint asylum west virginia trans allegheny lunatic asylum yes that one um that one specifically because we my team actually got invited to go there as well uh but you already been how many times did you go there i've been there i think six times for the overnights quite a few times yeah Uh and um in the times you went what, what did you capture it's probably one of the most consistently active places I've ever been. Um, anything from hearing footsteps walking around, uh, catching voices, EVPs, get a lot of interaction with the different equipment. And probably one of my first like major experiences was actually at uh, Trans-Allegheny. I was in a wing all by myself. There's nobody else down there. I turned around and as I panned my flashlight across the hallway, there was a solid shadow figure right in the middle of the hallway. Couldn't see any facial features or anything like that, but it was a dark silhouette. And by the time I brought my flashlight back across, it was gone. So I obviously checked all the rooms in that wing. I went and got other people to come check and make sure there wasn't somebody hiding over there and there was nobody there. So that was one of my first like, Oh man, kind of moments. <laughs> all right. Um, I just kind of want to get that. Like, that's one of the places I've always wanted to go. I want to get a good story at. <laughs> but um, yeah. how long have you actually been in the paranormal game? I've been doing it for 14 years now. We, uh, Myself and my cousin Rich founded West Virginia Paranormal Investigations in 2007. So it's hard to believe that it's been 14 years, but it has. Yeah, I think it's been about four months for me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I just got into the game myself. No. Um, that's, I don't say a bold statement, but it's almost like you, you claim the whole state with that, the name of your team. <laughs> yeah. I, I never thought yeah, of like doing North out, yeah. yeah, there wasn't a ton of ton of groups back then. Um, we we're, were kind of early to the game, so we had kind of had our pick of the litter there, and that's, that's one we were uh, happy to have. So 14 years, and in that time, how many places have you investigated? Uh, I don't know the specific number, but it's a lot. I would say upwards of, uh, 50 different places, but I've been on hundreds of different investigations, uh, over the years. And all in West Virginia? Oh, no, I've been all over the country. I've been very fortunate. Um, all of the major or not all of the major, a lot of the major East coast locations, the ones in West Virginia, uh, I've been to Waverly Hills in Kentucky been to Bobby Mackey's in Kentucky, been to, St. Albans Sanitarium in Virginia, been to Hinsdale House in New York, um, the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. I've been been really fortunate to see a bunch of amazing places. You said Bobby Mackey's. <laughs> that had to be an interesting <laughs> place. It really was. Yeah, we didn't have anything super crazy happen. Um, but we did have a lot of activity and I did feel like something kind of like reached and grabbed the back of my neck, not like forcefully, but it felt like something was almost trying to grab my collar. I felt like the fingertips on the back of the neck. So 
that was like the major thing that happened while I was there. Yeah, um, because that's one of the well top places on uh, my list, along with my with the paranormal team that I'm part of, um, to uh, like investigate. Because well, I've always been a fan of Ghost Adventures uh, when they first came out, and that was like their first episode they did was go there and the stuff they caught, you know. And every single time they've gone back, it's like been insane. Like, did you spend time in the basement around the uh, I guess the the the, the well? Yeah, we did. We we spent quite a bit of time down there. We we were able to capture some voices, some EVPs, but we didn't have anything um, too out of the ordinary happen down there, unfortunately. And uh, speaking of which, what is the kind of equipment you use? Uh, we have basically everything that you can think of uh, for the web series that we're working on. We have, obviously, recorders. Uh, we have mail meters, REM pods. We have uh, K2, we have FLIR thermal, we have the SLS camera, um, just, yeah, anything that you can think of, basically, we have it. A full-spectrum camera? Absolutely, yep. Now, does it film its full-spectrum, or do it take pictures? We have one of the ones that films, so it's it's like a, not a GoPro, but like a GoPro that's been modified for full-spectrum. Okay, that's because that's one thing that uh, I specifically want to get for um, my team uh, because of, well, the uh, the special ability uh, ones part of uh, part of the team. Which basically uh, leads to another question: uh, How many members do you have part of the team? Right now, we have three full time members: myself, uh, my girlfriend Vanessa, and Scott, our equipment manager but we work with some other teams um, around the area who help out with some of our filming. So three full-time members, but we do have some other people we work with from time to time. Mm-hmm, that's good. Uh, I guess like, I know cause the, the paranormal team, uh, no quarter paranormal um, was originally was another paranormal team, but uh, it actually was led originally by, well now it's led by uh, Brandon. Um, he uh, is our lead investigator. He's been doing it almost about the same long length as you have. Um, and then our lead, our heads, well, not, he's like, I a senior member. <laughs> I don't get mad if I tell, say that cause he's, he's, he's oldest, <laughs> but, uh, almost like the lead psychic, I guess you would say now his name is Mike. Then we have our other, uh, investigator, Erica, who's also have psychic abilities as well. Um, myself, my wife, uh, who's also a psychic medium and stuff like that. Um, Mike's wife, who is also a psychic medium. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of psychics on the team. Majority, let's say this: ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of the team has abilities, which nice. makes our team extremely unique uh, against most of. I mean, oh, most yeah. most paranormal teams I've met they have one to two in the team, but ninety percent of us all have abilities, which is like a collection of us in one. Um, of course, we have uh, other investigator Brad, um, who occasionally comes out. He's more like he's more like the um, historian. He finds things out, information for us, and stuff like that. Uh, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Oh yes, um, sorry, uh, Brandon's brother Aaron, who's also an investigator. Now he is possibly on the on the way of finding he behind psychic abilities, but not as much as the rest of them. It's almost like he's more in tuned, um, which most okay. investigators become. Uh, I know doing this th- this job or this this you know doing this basically spending enough time with the supernatural, you start getting attuned to feeling them, hearing them, knowing when they're around and stuff like that. Like your sixth sense gets in heightened. 
Yeah, that's definitely true. I've I've found that over the years where I I trust my intuition a lot more. And I don't claim to be psychic or have any psychic abilities, but I, I usually am able to tell if there's something around me. I'll get like a pressure on the side of my head uh, that just kind of lets me know there's some different energy there. And that almost always corresponds with something else happening, uh, either an event or later on we find out that we captured something uh, on evidence review. So I've learned to trust it over the years. I never thought that I would I would get to that point, but it definitely does happen. Yeah. Um, do you know about the ear ringing thing? Like, will your right ear rings versus your left ear ring? Uh, I haven't heard about that, but our, our uh, uh, member Scott, he has had, he, he calls it like tinnitus, like that ringing in his ears a couple of times. Um, but I had never heard that that was a, a thing. I, I don't say it's a thing. I just, <laughs> it's something that um, is seems familiar in our team. And I don't know because our team has psychics in it and stuff like that. But um, usually if your right ear rings, it means a warning. Your left ear rings means you're trying to listen, like listen, like you're like a spirit's trying to tell you like, hey, listen to this or, or, or what's going on or anything like that. That's usually what we've determined from it. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough times that we, you know, have paid attention to it. That's good to know. I definitely yeah. keep that in mind because, like I said, he's had that happen a couple of times and we really didn't know what that meant, but we'll definitely remember that. Yeah. Um, what was the other place you said? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just remember now. You have investigated the Sally House. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I remember, I don't, I don't know if it was your team. I don't, I don't say it was your team, but I know there was a team that investigated Sally House that took a picture of the upstairs room from the outside and in the picture. Because I remember um, uh, Bishop Long, Bishop James Long, shared the picture on his TikTok of a demon, like a literal looking, like generic demon standing in the window. Yeah, that, that wasn't us. No. <laughs> I, I haven't, but yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I've been there multiple times and spent uh, over a week investigating, staying at the house, sleeping there, investigating. Um, and there's definitely, I don't know if it's demonic or if it's what it is, but there's something bad there. It's definitely not the little girl that they everybody uh, says it is. And that's, I guess, the argument against paranormal investigator is that whether there's such thing as children ghosts or there are demons portraying children to you know lure you in i don't know where you stand right. on that i mean I, th- I definitely think there's uh children's spirits out there but i also think that spirits are able to kind of disguise themselves and, and manipulate people to to see them or hear them as what they want so i think you have to be careful with it yeah have you dealt with much of the, uh, I guess, the dark side of the paranormal? Like you encountered dark entities and stuff like that out there? There's only been two places that I've ever been where I felt like that there might be something that wasn't, uh, or that was uh, maybe demonic or evil. Now, one was the Sally House, and one was a, a private location uh, in Pennsylvania that we actually stayed at and lived in the house for 30 days straight investigating. Um, those are the only two places uh, at the Sally house. I was scratched. Uh, I had three scratches down the entire length of my forearm uh, at the other house in Pennsylvania. We heard something uh, growl at us so loud that we thought there was a living, breathing animal in the house. Like yeah. we were afraid that there was a, a wild animal in the house and there was obviously nothing in the house, but those are the only two places I've ever been. And that was enough for me. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, for a second and I don't, I, I don't know if it was a light going on in your room or something but there was like a light orb that went from 
you're, I guess, the top of the ceiling down behind the, the, the Raggedy Ann doll behind you. I, yeah, I believe it. There's, we have stuff happen here at the, at the house quite frequently, so it definitely wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it went like from uh, the we top and went down. The, uh, we picked the doll up this past weekend on an investigation we did. We picked it up from an antique store. Uh, so we do a lot of antiquing and things like that when we're out on investigation. So we picked that up. So there very well could be something uh, <laughs> either attached to it or attached to the, the house. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I guess the part of a, a question I have then, because um, this is something that most psychics have never talked about or even heard, of, especially in the paranormal world. And I've asked different people when it comes to it. I have an ability, unlike anyone I've ever heard of. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Let me explain it. I have an innate ability to feel the energy of the dead um, in my hands. And it's almost like that sensation when your hands go numb, but um you can feel it in a sense of like that, that sensation goes off and I call it charging when my left hand charges and I feel out that's a human, a good spirit, a person. When my right hand charges is a dark entity, um, either demonic or just a horrible person or just a dark entity on its own. own. Um, And that's so I can feel them and I can find them. So if my hand reaches out and I feel out in a room or a place where we're at, I can be pulled to the direction of where it is, but only if they're on the plane. Um, because what I've learned is that spirits, when they're on the plane, they absorb enough energy to either talk, move things around, or be seen. That energy that they absorb in order to be on the plane is what I can feel. Now, here's part two of what I can do. I can take that energy from them and take them off the plane. Um, I usually only do it to dark entities because those are the ones that be, you know, hurting people, pissing people off and stuff like that. So I literally can pull it into myself um, and basically take them off the plane to begin with. So they're not longer on the plane. They can still be heard like a spirit box or something like that. But as of being on the plane, they're gone. Uh, And I know a follow up question most people ask is, well, where does that energy go? Uh, my body kind of works like a filter is the best way I can describe it. It's like I absorb it and then matter of time, whatever the time period takes, I ex- expel it in a sense of like breath. Like I go, and it leaves me. And I've been told, or at least in my third eye, if you, if you put stock in that or not, but I can, it looks like clear energy leaving me when I see it. Now, have you ever heard of anybody who can do this? No, definitely not. That's that's definitely a first, but that's super interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, I only gained this ability as of like September of last year. And it just started before I thought something was wrong with my hands. Like they kept going numb for some reason. But every single time I would feel something, my wife would say there's something nearby. Of course, her being psychic, she can speak to them. So she knows when they're near and I'm losing the detector for it, which makes me valuable to the team because I can tell you if something's here or not. And I can get rid of something that would be dangerous for the team. Yeah, absolutely. That would definitely come in handy for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked to different psychics, different paranormal investigators, and they have, they've never heard of such thing nor an idea. It's almost, well, I was told once it's almost like a natural EMF detector. Like I am a natural EMF detector and <laughs> absorber in a sense. Um, which funny enough, I've learned to somehow push a little bit of it out of my left hand and not so much my right but i i can set off an emf detector oh, wow. when, I, when i do that you see it go from like nothing to red like all the way um the k2 i think it's what the, the one right. my team has 
Um, yeah, and I've been trying to figure this out for a long time. And <laughs> places like Bobby Mackey's, places like the Sally House, that's notorious for dark entity and dark energy to begin with, would be a treasure trove of right hand charging for me. Hence why I want to go. Um, but you said you never really dealt with anything dark there, but you haven't scratched. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, the Sally House definitely has some something dark there. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's definitely dark. That's the only place I've been physically, I don't know, called attacked, but physically harmed was at the Sally House. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I've been doing recently, um, I guess in addition to this ability, is if I put my hand to the earth or the base of, let's say the base of a building, the wood floor or the, the concrete of the building, or even outside, let's say the ground, I can do the absorption pull thing from a radius of however far I can mentally see. And I can take an expand entire area and then pull it into myself. So I can basically oh, wow. take an entire field of dark energy and pull it into myself and take it. And that's only when I put my hand to the ground. And depending on which hand is, you know, which one. I've never like absorbed anything with the left because if it's, it's a regular person, it's a human spirit. I don't really want to take them right. off. Um, so I feel wrong about it because I've been told what it looks like when I rip the dark ones off the field and it's almost like I imagine a person, but I'm ripping their skin and the essence of themselves off. And what's left is like a blank mannequin before they disappear oh, wow. into the fourth dimension or wherever, you know, spirits come from. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I can do. And that's, you know, like I've said, I, can, I don't even have a name for it. I don't know if it's even psychic whatsoever, because for some reason I have a block on my, my mind. Um, psychics can't read me, nor can I hear any spirits or anything like that. I never feel anything when people in a room say, Oh, I, I'm getting met, getting sick or something like that. No, I never, I never feel that. I never can hear spirits at all. So that's why I determined that I'm psychic or at all, but this ability is somewhat psychic in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a first for me, but that would be, Definitely something that would be interesting to observe and and see how it has out, see how it affects the uh, environment and everything. Well, that's the thing that I I, I, I try to see. Like, thought to myself is how would I prove this? Um, and, and the only logical way that I can think of is with the full spectrum camera. The full spectrum camera, if an entity is on the on the plane, you could possibly see it with a full spectrum camera, at least an outside silhouette of it. So if the full spectrum camera is running and you see the entity, whatever it is, and then you see me pull it, what you I I theorize what you could possibly see is almost like my hand working like a vacuum, and that energy essence is coming into my hand. Is what right. I theorize what it would look like. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth definitely worth trying out for sure. Yeah. Other from that, most people just have to take my word on it because uh, it's hard to it's hard to prove it because it's something that it can't be felt or, or or seen in a sense. So it's really hard to like, you know, tell people like this is what I can do. I'm like, no, 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 no you're talking about. <laughs> um, have you dealt with much psychics in your investigations? We haven't, and we've not really had many in our area or any that we've interacted with. I definitely don't discount it. I just haven't had the chance to to work with with any um, up until this point. Hmm. Strange, Lucia. I, mean, <laughs> I would think most, um, or at least people who claim to be, would be you know jumping at the 
at the first sight to uh, do investigation with you guys. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's definitely been people over the years who have claimed it, and I've I've not really been uh, impressed with what they claim. It's basically just generalizations about stuff that anybody could do. Um, but they've been few and far between. I haven't seen a bunch coming out of the woodwork to to try to get notoriety or anything. But yeah, I've I've definitely am not opposed to the idea, but I I haven't found somebody who that I would trust uh, in that sense. Yeah. Well, when we go to West Virginia to the Transatlantic, uh, most likely we'll try to get you guys to help us out over there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. That'd be awesome. Because you guys know the place very well, and we're new to it, so you're like, "Hey, you want to check out this spot over here? Or check out that spot over there." Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah, um, and most places we investigated here um, in North Carolina is um, the Octagon House in New Bern, okay. North Carolina. Um, mostly the the woods outside of it because it's almost like a park. A um, lot of activity there. Um, we actually found a, a portal. We believe. Um, all I know is, is what I feel with the energy with my left hand. It's immense, immense amount of, I guess, left hand energy, just like in one particular spot. And the other psychics on the team say, "Oh yeah, it's a portal." Which you, you know, spirits come in and out of there. Um, right. We there's a a batter no, a we call it um Civil War memorial. Uh, I guess like a site, almost like a park, a memorabilia. I was. I don't know, a tribute site, I guess, whatever. Like there, and it has little artifacts here and there, and, and little like old fashioned stuff, like a Blacksfield stuff. And we've actually got some activity there. Um, and in the main place we've been doing, it's kind of like where the uh, the house band of this uh, <laughs> this place is the um, uh, Webb Memorial Library in okay. uh, in Moorhead, North Carolina. Um, a lot of activity. Uh, so, and it's funny enough, the weirdest thing. And there's a, there's a good amount of energy there from uh, right and left that I felt so far. Excuse me. And um, one of the weirdest things that we caught, um, Aaron, uh, was on the camera, and we were in an upstairs room, and uh, I was feeling out the room, and in, it looks like energy, almost like a reflection of an orb, move around me and towards Aaron. The weird thing is, it was in the shape of a question mark. Like wow. a literal question mark even with the little dot at the bottom that wasn't connected to the main one i don't know that was <laughs> yeah that's definitely strange yeah that's like i don't like i've seen shapes i've seen orbs and stuff like that but that was like like it moves like a question mark i don't know but um <laughs> yeah that place is yeah intense and like i was saying that if you guys ever wanted to come down to North carolina and stuff like that we could show you the places like that because um they allow investigations now the web memorial library and soon i think we're gonna head up the um we call uh, tours the uh, the haunted tours right. for the library and stuff like that. Yeah, my brother lives in Hickory, North Carolina, so I'm I'm down in North Carolina to visit him from time to time. So next time I'm down down in North Carolina, we'll definitely let you know. Yeah, because I always uh, want to collab with other investigators. Because what I've I guess I would have been told because I've been only like I said I've only been in this game for about four months or so, and what we've learned or at least what I've been told is that it's almost territorial against other paranormal investigators from certain areas. It's like, you can't investigate this place because we investigate this place. Like what? <laughs> I thought we we're working together to, you know, find more evidence and prove this exists. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a very common thing, especially for, uh, 
certain areas, people will, will, like you said, claim it as their territory and they don't want people coming in for whatever reason. I don't know. I never understood that. We work with, like I said, lots of groups from around our area. So we're not, we're not like that, but it's, it's definitely a thing. And it's, it's unfortunate that, that some people are like that. Hmm. Have you ever had any, um, I don't know, I guess I want to say that. Have you ever worked with any, like, I guess, like big names in the paranormal world? Like anyone like, like say, oh, well, crap, he was on this show or that show like that. Yeah, I was, <clears throat> excuse me. I was fortunate enough to be on uh paranormal challenge on the travel channel with Zach Bagans. Oh, shit. Um, I'm not <laughs> at the uh, West Virginia penitentiary in Moundsville. Um, so that was cool. Got to meet with him, work with him and Billy and, some other people from that show uh, have went on to other shows. Rob Safi uh, was a camera guy on that show. He works on the Holzer files. Now he worked on paranormal lockdown with uh, Nick and Katrina for a while. Um, so met a lot of cool people through that. Um, I was a consultant for a show called strange world on the travel channel. Um, two years ago, I helped a guy, Chris uh, Garitano. I helped him uh, learn how to use some of the paranormal equipment for the show. So he knew how to go out and use it. So that was a cool experience. So I've been fortunate enough to meet and work with a lot of people. Um, Dave Schrader from uh, the Holzer files as well. He was on paranormal challenge. Um, So I met a lot of cool people and I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of good contacts in the field. So I've been lucky. Yeah. The only, I guess, legend (laughs) I even got the interview was, um, Crap, for guys got the name. Johnson. Uh <laughs> Carl Johnson. Carl Johnson. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh him and uh James uh Apanito. Um uh, here, I guess the uh Carl Johnson, his his the guy he's working with now. Uh but yeah, I actually got to interview him, which is pretty cool because I got to talk to him about like his him being like one of the OGs of the whole paranormal investigating world and stuff like that and all the stuff he's ever done and used and stuff like that. That was like really cool. And the fact that he contacted us, I was like, I was, I was like, Oh shit. You know, um, <laughs> he was interesting to talk to, especially when his, his, um, his take on the paranormal, like what he believes and stuff like that. That was really interesting to, to hear. Uh, but I guess what, another question I got had for you, you're, you're, I don't see your purpose. I don't know if you do this, the paranormal, investiga- paranormal investigating as a hobby or it's almost like a, a mean to an ends of like, cause I know like some of the paranormal teams after the territory ones are looking to get fame. They're looking to debate the next show on the travel channel or something like that. Cause I know my team's purpose is almost to seek information and to help. That's our main thing. That's why there's so many psychics on one team is because our main objective is to basically help people dealing with anything they can't explain. Um, basically taking a page out of, um, uh, Lorraine Warren's, uh, I guess, words is that uh, when people need the cops or need a crime, they go to the police or you go to a doctor for illness. People have no one to go to when they're dealing with spirits and stuff like this. And that's why her and her husband, the, the Warrens, basically became who they were. And that's kind of the same motto my team lives by. But I was just wondering, like, what is your, I guess, reasons behind being an investigator? Yeah, that's a really good question. We we've uh, we're in the same or got into it for the same reason. We wanted to help people out. Uh, we started out doing a lot of residential or in home investigations, just trying to help people figure out what was going on. Um, and we've kind of moved away from that a little bit, just for liability reasons. We've run into some issues with with homeowners and things like that. So we've kind of moved away from that. And then the web series came about 
just because we wanted to give people like a real look at actual investigations and how things go down instead of the uh, televised kind of version where you film for three or four or five days and then you condense it to a half hour worth of backstory and then 10 minutes of investigating. So we wanted to, to show everybody like the real kind of down and dirty behind the scenes kind of look at, at how an investigation actually works. So I think we help people in that way because we still have people reach out to us uh, through the Facebook page or Instagram or whatever it is and say, Hey, we saw this show and we have this going on. Can you help us? And we'll give them whatever advice we can to try to, to make it better for them. Yeah. Cause that's, well, no quarter paranormal was, is new in itself, but they originally were part of another team. And they did stuff like that. They did uh, home investigations and they actually tried to help people even performed a few exorcisms um, when it came to the fighting that in, that in that field. And it's something that we are striving to do now. Now, the problem is, is that I guess getting our name out there or at least because the last previous team, according to Brandon, uh, previous team that he was part of is tainted uh, by another member's name. But it's almost like we're trying to build our reputation and stuff like that. But it seems like a web series actually kind of helps out that YouTube channel, which I think we're going to start doing. Um, Cause I know that's going to be a more, more of an audience for people to see and uh, understand and stuff like that. But um, I know one of my main missions of doing this, cause I, I was, I was a fan of the paranormal um, ever since I was a kid. I was always involved in it either some way or not. I know I always talk about on the podcast about the infamous ranch that I, I grew up on. That's, had everything you can think of that's happened to me in the paranormal uh but i always always wanted to, to prove in a sense that ghosts spirits demonic entities they all exist um because most people either don't want to understand or they or they just don't believe altogether and i kind of i my hope is in the future that if enough evidence is presented with this that uh, the paranormal will be seen as another form of science as anything like quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and this the way out there, uh, fringe science, as they say. Um, but I, that's my hope, is that paranormal will be studied in that way. Yeah, and I think that would be, if you're in the field for the right reasons, I think everybody has that goal of, of eventually moving toward that and <clears throat> kind of driving the field in a positive direction instead of, people thinking that it's just a bunch of crazy people out wandering around haunted and abandoned places. So if, yeah, like you said, if you're in it for the right reasons, that that should definitely be your end goal. Now, what got you into the paranormal game? I actually uh, grew up hearing stories about a house that my mom grew up in. She would tell me stories about being upstairs in her room in bed and her mom would be downstairs and she'd be yelling up at her to get in bed because there was footsteps all around and she'd be under the covers terrified. So hearing stories like that growing up had me really interested in it. I never really did anything with it until I got to college. Um, then I started to do more research and read books. <clears throat> and that was about the time when Ghost Hunters, uh, the television show, came on the air. And then I kind of realized, oh, man, people actually go out and do this. Like I had no idea that that was a real thing. Um, so that's when I reached out to some friends and family about trying to find some locations with some uh, stories about being haunted and things like that. And that's when my cousin reached back out to me. And that's the kind of the genesis of WDPI. Mm. That's a good one. And do you have many like haunted experiences when you were a kid before you even got to the game? No, I, I don't have that kind of 
quintessential moment that kind of sparked my interest um, other than hearing the stories. I actually didn't have any uh, experiences until I got out in the field and actually started doing investigations. So I remember you talking about that shadow figure you saw in the hall. Was that like the most intense experience you had or you have something more that's like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that was one of the first moments where they kind of cemented it in my head. Uh, the other one was uh, one of the first places we ever went was this little small farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And we're already in West Virginia. So when I say the middle of nowhere in West Virginia, I literally mean the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so we were there and we were getting ready to set up. We weren't even investigating. Uh, and we were kind of walking around and there was a doorway that led upstairs. And I heard the door open and close. Like I heard it unlatch and then close. So I thought that my cousin Rich had went upstairs to set up a recorder. So I opened the door and said, hey, Rich. And at that exact moment, he walked in the front door on the other side of the building. He's like, yeah. And he said that he came around the corner and my face was just completely white. <laughs> so that that was, was like not a crazy moment, but that was my first moment where I was out there where I was like, oh, man, we're definitely on to something. There's something going on. Uh, but over the years, like I said, I've been pushed. I've been scratched. I've been touched. I've seen, like I said, shadow figures. I've seen stuff people call like a creeper or a crawler where it's not like a human form, but it's like crawling along the floor, seen things like that. Um, heard stuff, like I said, growls, uh, screams. I mean, I've, I've seen and heard it all over the years. So, um, yeah, like I said, been been really lucky to have some crazy experiences. Yeah, so far for so far for me, most of my experiences, the intense ones anyway, have happened before I was a paranormal investigator. Uh, the only because most spirits now keep clear of me, especially the dark ones, um, because of my ability. Because after I take one off to fit the plane, the most of them back off pretty quick. Um, but I think the most strange one recently is we were at the Webb Memorial Library, and uh, there's a room that's notorious for dark energy. It's in the kitchen, essentially. And the way the Memorial Library is set up, it's, you know, rectangle building. And it's, it's split in four rooms with a hallway down the middle on the bottom floor and the up floor. And it's basically identical to itself. So four main rooms, hallway, like a cross, essentially, or, you know, yeah, right. shape. And then the upstairs. So and all the rooms are connected by doors that aren't doorways from across. If you look, you know, in one room and you go through a doorway, it's clear open to the next one. So we were in the room across down sorry like if uh, i'm trying to geologically put this into perspective um it went in a room that was on the far left of the sorry far right of the building and where i was standing i could see down into the other room and where the doorway was on the far end was across from the kitchen so i could see directly to the doorway there'd be across from the kitchen that's way i can describe it and i was just staring that direction because i can't feel like something was like looking or peeking around the corner or like trying to get my attention and then i remember i turned to the scene because they were doing spirit box session um i was looking listening to what they're saying and i turned back and what i see is uh a figure standing the far end of the room i guess in in the room but like it's it's arms were up like this and it was like looking at me like that <laughs> and i was like i described like how pennywise looked like in in um and it's uh, the, the right. new one, how he did his little dancing minus the leg kicking thing. But that's how it looked like standing at the other end. I was like, what the, I remember I flashed my flashlight down there to look. And then it was, of course it was gone, but I was like, that was like, that was extremely strange. Most like shadow figures and stuff like that. I've never seen that clear, but that was just like, like its arms were up and it was like turned its head. and It was looking at me. 
Yeah, I've never never heard or seen one doing that motion before. But yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out like what because I mean I've seen shadow figures in my periphery they move fast and stuff like that, but that was like blatantly a dark figure to stand there like its arms up like with its head tilted, look at me like weird and I don't know. Um, but other hearing hearing things, uh, whispers and stuff like that, talking, laughing and stuff like that. Um, and then also hearing uh, at the um, Octagon House, I heard gunfire, like from an old-timey period time, which is pretty interesting to hear because like, I didn't understand because it sounded like it was way in the distance, but also very close. I don't know if right. you're if you investigating battlefields or anything like that. I mean, we've been to Gettysburg, uh, but we've never really investigated there. But there's a lot of uh, battlefields in around, <clears throat> excuse me, in and around West Virginia and Pennsylvania. So, um we're definitely going to at some point, but we haven't yet. Have you done most outside investigations or most of them been inside? Uh, I mean, we, we occasionally go outside. Um, we've definitely spent our fair share of time outdoors, but, but majority of stuff is usually inside. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause that, that, my first couple of investigations, well, majority of them, all except for one have uh, been outside <laughs> and yeah. So I mostly even dealt with stuff in the outside elements to determine whether that was like a bird or an animal and an actual spirit and stuff like that. But the inside ones, that's when, you know, I can clearly listen and hear. And it's actually, I guess, nice in a sense, because you don't have any outside noise interfering and stuff like that. Um, what is one of your favorite pieces of equipment to use? Uh, I do a lot with different kinds of uh, spirit boxes and things like that. Um, I don't know if you've seen or are familiar with what's called the Estes method. Basically what you do is you listen to a spirit box uh, or you have a receiver who listens to the spirit box and they have noise canceling headphones on and a blindfold on. So they have no idea what's going on around them, but they're going to be listening. And then you have other members ask questions. So with most times when you're doing a spirit box session, your ears are going to want to hear the answer to your question. So if you're asking what's your name, your ears are going to be listening for a name. So what the Estes method does is it actually takes away that confirmation bias. So if you're asking me questions and I have noise canceling headphones on and a blindfold on, I can't tell what you're reacting to. So if you ask what's your name and I'd say the name or say a name, then I don't know that I said the right thing. So that just completely eliminates any kind of, uh, like I said, wanting to hear the right thing. So we do that a lot and we've had some absolutely incredible results using that, that uh, experiment. So that's always one of my favorites to use. What do you call that method? It's called the Estes method. It was actually uh, invented by a couple of guys uh, out at the Stanley hotel in Estes, Colorado, the hotel that inspired the shining. Um, So they came up with that a few years ago. So it's called the Estes method, but it's kind of caught on recently, but we, uh, have used that a lot, especially on our Forgotten Relics web series. And it's, uh, like I said, came up with some pretty incredible uh, stuff with it. I want to try that. That's uh, pretty interesting. Um, I don't know how you feel about, you know, uh, paranormal apps on your phone. Um, but I always said that most of them are crap. But the, the only two that I give any credit to is uh, Necrophonics app and uh, Ghost Tube which is one we relatively use. 
Necrophonics app, I would say, is about 80%, 90% effective um, when it comes to hearing spirits because we've asked direct questions and heard direct answers come out of it. Um, and GhostTube, almost the same. Uh, we asked direct questions. Majority of the time, they gave us direct answers and stuff like that. So uh, I would say GhostTube and Necrophonics are probably the best two that we've used. Of course, we have the SB7, uh, a spirit box that we use every now and then. But um, I would say the Necrophonics and the GhostTube, we use the most. Uh, when it comes to communication, uh, other from doing digital, you know, uh, we call it um, using a digital recorder to record instantly and then listen back to it and stuff like that to hear if we hear anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've used Necrophonic before. Um, we've had mixed results with it. Uh, I've never used the the Ghost Tube. I'll have to check it out. The only other app that we ever used uh, is called Echo Vox. Uh, we've had some really good results with Echo Vox over the years. Um, but we we try to stay away. <coughs> excuse me. We try to stay away from the the cell phones as much as possible. But um, yeah, Necrophonic. We've had some weird stuff happen with it before. Uh, there, there's um I guess the most profound uh, evidence when it comes to that is that um one time with the uh, octagon house I had an immense amount of energy in my left hand and it almost felt like someone was holding it and there's a spirit there named Kate who she's very friendly she's very upcoming she'll basically talk to you she'll come up to you um she's always like almost like a guide for the octagon house and she's she's young I would say about ten to eleven years old possibly that we guesstimate her age um. And it felt like someone was holding my hand, to which uh, Brandon, our lead investigator, asked, Kate, are you holding Isaac's hand? And we hear an instant reply of a girl saying yes out of the Necrophonic app. So I was like, well, well, well. Um, that a lot of different people talk through and stuff like that. And sometimes we hear dark entities come through um, of how they, when they have things to say and stuff like that. And what I hear normally um, through the ghost tube uh, when we're talking to a dark entity of any kind is they consistently say Neil. I don't know if you've hmm. ever heard that word come through anything. Yeah, we've definitely had before, but I've never really paid much mind to it. But yeah, we've definitely had that come through before. Yeah. Um, that's usually my indication that what we're dealing with is not friendly. <laughs> uh, when, I, <laughs> when I hear that come up with the Ghost Tube or the uh, Necrophonics app or even SB7, I hear like Neil or anything of that that caliber. I'm like, oh, okay, now I know what we're dealing with. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of other places that are yet to investigate that I'm, I'm hoping because I really like to test this ability out in different places um, to get a good grasp. I know Bobby Mackey's for sure will set my right hand off the entire time I'm there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would say that much and stuff like that. Is there any like weird besides that? The I guess the, the, the blindfold technique. Is there any other like weird techniques of you like or experiments you tried out that actually seem to work really well? Oh yeah, we we like to kind of go outside the box and push the envelope a little bit with some of the stuff we do. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Gonsfeld experiment. Uh, basically, it's sensory deprivation. Um, you tape ping pong balls over your eyes and shine a bright red light directly in your eyes, and then you put on headphones that have white noise playing. So basically, it just simulates uh, like like I said, sensory deprivation. And the idea is that it'll open you up and let you be more uh, receptive to what the spirits have to show you or tell you. Uh, if you watch our episode of Forgotten Relics at Sweet Spring Sanitarium uh, here in West Virginia, I had an absolutely crazy Gonsfeld experiment. 
um, that, that we've featured on part two of the episode. So definitely check it out if, you, if you've never seen the Gonsfeld. Um, this past weekend, uh, we were in Ohio, and the guy that we were there uh, investigating with ghost helmet or god helmet, which basically will use magnetic frequencies to stimulate your brain, and it uh, will open you up more and allow you to interact more with spirits. And we had some really cool stuff happen with that. So we're open to try anything. I mean, we we'll use a Ouija board. We'll do seances. We'll do basically anything. Um, I mean, we always are careful with it. We're not just going out willy nilly and doing it, but we're not afraid to try anything to try to capture some evidence. Yeah. I know the Ouija board I steer clear from, um, in all ways and form, uh, It it yeah it, it's it's not I usually tell people that especially if you're not doing it properly it's a dangerous thing to do because you don't know who you're inviting in to talk to, um and then I tell people too it's not essentially the the Ouija board itself it's the act of what you're doing you can use any kind of thing whatsoever and you'll still get the same result it's just the act of what you're doing uh, so they try to warn people of but um Carl Johnson I think you think he was the one who was talking to me about it he said like you know he uses a Ouija board regularly and he's never got any bad results from it but he says it, it can be like a, like any kind of tool it can also be used as a weapon so it's all how you use it and, and if you pay respect and stuff like that but i always like i would always like to be a fly on a wall for a ouija board session but i feel like me being me there's something bad's gonna happen <laughs> yeah i mean we we've never had anything bad happen we've used it quite a few times but you're right it's it's just like anything else if you're opening yourself up to communication you always become a beacon and you don't know what's going to see that beacon and and come to try to communicate or interact so you have to be careful with it but it's the same thing with uh using a spirit box or uh using a rem pod or k2 anytime you invite a spirit or spirits to come and interact with you you're opening yourself up so you just have to be careful with how you do that and we we try to take as many precautions as we can um, but yeah, I mean, you just got to be careful with it. Now has, uh, anything ever followed you home? Yeah, we've definitely had, not, unfortunately we've never had anything bad. We've been lucky, but we've definitely had stuff happen more so to Vanessa, my girlfriend. Uh, she's heard people talking. She's heard music. She's had something touch her when I wasn't here. They usually leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I know they just like her, but uh, we've definitely had stuff here, but it's never been anything that's hurt us or bother us. If it gets too bad, we usually just tell them to leave us alone and, and they usually back off. Do you have any uh, forms of protection you put up in your house? Uh, we're both uh, Christians. So we have, I have crosses and crucifixes and rosaries and um, all kinds of stuff throughout the house to, to help with that. That's good. Now, Luigi, um, <laughs> what we deal with and because my wife, being a psychic that she is, ghosts are attracted to her um, consistently. Um, like as I said, every house that I live in currently now, and every house I future going to live in is going to be haunted, regardless of if it's brand new or old. It's it's going to be haunted because of her and how much spirits are attracted to her. So we do our best to protect ourselves from dark ones because they, of course, they see her as much as they, any little uh, regular spirits do. Uh, we try crystals, which I never took much stock into crystals or stones or anything like that until. One investigation, I asked, I think one of our investigators, Erica, who she makes um, stone bracelets with different crystals and stones and stuff like that. But she had anything that I could wear, you know, maybe some slight protection while we're out here. And she gave me a bracelet made of a crystal and amethyst and some other stones and stuff like that. 
And after that night, I 100% believe into this stuff because that bracelet vibrated before my hand charged. I felt it vibrate on my wrist and then my hand would charge and it's in like a, maybe a split second of a difference. Um, and then from then on, I was like, yeah, I'm going to need this out here. And then it's what I did to this crystal afterwards when I would pull from my hand and stuff like that, these stones would break and crack. Um, I would destroy them. I guess with the amount of energy that's flowing wow. through my arm and these being on there, they absorb too much. They can't handle it. That's why she made me a, <laughs> Uh, a heavy duty uh, bracelet, I think made of mostly turquoise, um, uh, hematites and uh, silver and other pieces like that, just for dealing with something of dark energy in that amount. But even still though, I still put damage into these stones every time I do what I do. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much you put stock into crystals at all or anything like that. Uh, we have, we have some that we take with us on investigations. I really never really used it a lot. I know our, uh, tech uh, manager scott he has some that he uses and then one of the people we work with uh cindy uh that runs sweet spring sanitarium uh she has a little bit more experience with uh, those type of things but personally i've never really used them enough to really understand how any of that that goes down yeah there's a um starting stat statin starting stratton uh family crystals um that we uh or a good contact with um and they usually get their stones directly from mines like they get the rawest the rawest material and they sell them on their site their instagram and stuff like that and we've actually got a couple of stones from them actually you're really nice and like that's you know you're getting from the source you're not getting like buying off amazon yeah. and say this is what it is and really it's not um <laughs> so yeah stuff we get from her is is pretty pretty legit to say that um, when it comes to those things, but yeah, like I said, I never took much stock into it until after I, I wear them, and now I always wear them for every investigation, just because the stuff I've, you know, stuff I do and stuff like that, and we just the things we deal with. Um, but yeah, uh, trying to think of. Okay, um, that, that's my follow-up question. Uh, the transalanium. How do you say that correctly? Trans Allegheny Lunatic. Trans Allegheny. I always want to say Allegheny. Uh, Trans Allegheny <laughs> Asylum. How big is that place? Uh, take the biggest building that you know of and times it by two. It's yeah. absolutely massive. <laughs> massive and, is an understatement. Yeah. And all the times you've gone, have you investigated the entire place? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been to every corner of it. Uh, there are some other buildings that I haven't been in that they usually don't let people in. Uh, but the main building, I've I've been in every uh, part that they'll let you in. Um, we used to know some of the tour guides, so we would get to go in some other areas that other people wouldn't get to go into. Um, so we've definitely explored the whole thing. I mean, even being there five or six times, though, you're not spending much time. I mean, you're barely touching the surface um, with that place because it's so big. So we're gonna have to make it a whole week then. <laughs> <And we'll laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and other time you've been there, have you dealt with anything that you presume is dangerous? I no, not personally. I mean, I've heard stories about people uh, interacting with things that are uh, they deem negative. Um, like I said earlier i've seen what people call crawlers or creepers before at other locations but i've never seen one at trans allegheny but i know a lot of other people have 
And I know, I think they did on uh, Paranormal Lockdown when they were at Trans-Allegheny, they saw one. Um, and people don't really know what those are, but it's not a, a human spirit. So there's there's some other stuff there. There's a, a little girl's room there uh, that everybody has toys and stuff in that try to talk to a little girl. Again, like the Sally house, I don't think it's a little girl there. There's, mm. there's something else there. But uh, I've never had anything like hurt me or attack me there. Is there like a spirit that commonly comes over, like a spirit box in your EVPs? Like you consistently hear, like you, he or she is always trying to talk to you? Yeah, yeah we actually have um, a spirit that we call Courtney that, that we got the name um, that actually follows our member Scott to every location and we've asked questions and she's given us information about Scott's family home that he grew up in that none of us uh, knew about. So we think that, and his house was haunted growing up. So we think that she kind of started following him when he was younger. Um, And then there's some other spirits that we'll get from time to time, depending on who we have with us. But uh, anytime we're investigating, if we're not having much happen, if we call or ask for Courtney, she usually comes through and talks to us. All right. Well, um, I do appreciate the time. Um, going up an hour here. And uh, where can the, anybody find you? Where can they you know, get information on you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, everybody go to uh, YouTube to check out our Forgotten Relics web series. It's youtube.com slash WVPara, youtube.com slash WVPara. You can also check us out on Facebook, West Virginia Paranormal Investigations, on Instagram, at WVPara Investigations, and even on TikTok, believe it or not, at WVPara Investigations. So we're on all the socials. We're trying to drive all of the, the views we can to our YouTube page because we're trying to really get forgotten relics moving forward so more people can see it and we can help more people out in the long run. So please check us out. We'd really appreciate it. And if someone needs anything like a uh, case in the area of West Virginia, is where can they contact you directly? Yeah. Send us a direct message uh, through the Facebook page or through Instagram, either one of those. I check those daily. So anybody who needs help or needs advice, anything like that, send us a message. We're always here to help. I do thank you, Jonathan, for uh, coming on. And as always, we'll catch your weirdos in the next one.